Welcome to the Trep Life Podcast. We will dive into the immersive worlds of entrepreneurship, empowerment, and empathy with an emphasis of hip-hop culture. All of these concepts will be dissected and connected via a historic lens, so prepare for an engaging transformation. Just a friendly reminder, if you are experiencing value and insight from Trep Life, support the movement by liking, subscribing, and sharing the podcast. You are instrumental in our impact and influence on the world. Reviews are greatly appreciated because they help the podcast grow. Here at Trep Life, we wish you peace and vision on your journey. Hey, this is Charlotte Barra, and here's my story I'm sharing on the Trep Life podcast. Let's stay connected and make sure that you follow me over on social media by either typing in Charlotte Barrett or One Less Dress Connect. I hope my experiences inspire you. And remember, guys, dreams over doubt, focus over frustration. I am a speaker. I am an author. I am a mumpreneur and I practice empowerment, peace and purpose on your journey, guys. What's up, y'all? It's Darnell Brown, host of the Bulletproof Hustle podcast. Today, I'm sharing pieces of my story with Pete on the Trap Life podcast. After you check out the episode, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Bulletproof Hustle, and you can find more of my work at BulletproofHustle.com. I sincerely hope that the stories and anecdotes we share today will inspire you. And remember, it's dreams over doubt, focus over frustration, progress over perfection, and legacy over lost time. I am an entrepreneur. I am a leader. I am a trap star. Hello. Hey, man. Hey, hey. how we doing? We are good. You know, good, Anchor good, is good. always a little glitchy, but we're, yeah. we're rolling. Good stuff. So, I am horrible at introductions. That's one of the... <laughs> I am the worst. <laughs> I'm the worst at introductions. Okay, I'm gonna. I'll in, I'll spare you your agony, and I'll, I'll introduce myself. So, thank you, my friend. Is... <laughs> thank you, mate. <laughs> this is King Caruso from the Black History Buff Podcast, and I am very happy to be a guest here on Trap Life. Um, we've been trying to get this together for a little while, and I'm really happy to be here, and I'm really happy that we're going to have this chat today. So, I hope that was. That less that was excellent, my friend. <laughs> no worries. Man, so yesterday I had uh we released the episode with Billy Porter. Yeah. And as an intro, I try to do a uh British accent. And normally <laughs> I'm okay at accents, but I was watching this video that got in my head about accents and it completely threw me off. It was uh like a British actor was going through how you actually formulate accents <laughs> and so it's, i tried to do it it's quite funny because on on my show um often i'll do quotes and so forth from people and i'm always tempted i'm always tempted to try and do an american accent i'm always tempted but i know how regional it is like i know how regional it is and what i don't want to do is sound like i am doing the um the british version of like cool running you yeah. know remember that film <laughs> yeah, yeah. yes yes man yes man. Kebab slay, man like i don't want to do <laughs> the, the american man. equivalent of cool running 
and and sound like the some you're slandering New my Yorker. childhood right now, bro. <laughs> that was my, I've I've legit seen that movie like three hundred times. Tell me about it. It's a great like, movie, man. Like, it makes no me joke. cringe, but at the same time, I'm like. <laughs> Okay, we're just gonna get past this right now. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So but, I feel yeah, you with so the accent thing. I was, I uh, okay. yeah, I tried to get into my inner. Uh, you know, I'm obsessed with that show, uh, Top Boy. Mm-hmm. Huh. So they're bringing it back on Netflix on the 13th. So just three days from now. So yeah, I saw. Was... Super excited about that. Shout out to Drake. Yeah, Drake was there at the red carpet. That's a good look for Ashley. You know, Dave. Drake thinks he's British too, so. <laughs> I think that's the Canadian thing, though, right? <laughs> the, the, like, they, they kind of sound a bit, they, they, they kind of sound a bit like us, you know? Like, they, they have a weird. Yeah, weird British and with, French, yeah. Yeah, depending on where you're from. Weird Jamaican, French, British, American, more like true for your head top. Yeah. Like, Weird accent <laughs> finger in them. <laughs> <laughs> he washed him. Like it don't make it's just mangled up accent that no one can quite pin. Until you hear um I only realized the the, the subtle differences in the Canadian accent when I heard someone say a boat. For the first time I was like, What? What'd you say? A boat? What, a what's what's that about? Oh, you mean about a boat. Oh wow, you just skipped Oh, or they try to do the A, and the A's are a little different, <laughs> slang-wise. Yeah. So, so but yeah, Drake is, Drake is, he's an official, he's an unofficial South Londoner right now. Yes. yes. Or East Londoner, whichever. He, he is Londoner. wherever he is. If he's in Manchester, he's a Mancunian. If he's in Birmingham, he's a Brummie. He is wherever you put him. Wherever was, you put him. Wherever that, you put him, that's, that's Drake. Dude adapts. He's a chameleon. Rap chameleon. That's him. <laughs> For sure. So, oh, so we're on the so, show today. So, what are, would you like to cover today, sir? Man, I'd like to talk about it all. Okay, how did you start the podcast, the mm-hmm. Black History Buff podcast? Um, what's your vision for it going forward? We're gonna get into a lot of it. What, where does your love from history come from? We're gonna get into all this today. Okay, so, just to give you a preview for the for you and the audience. So, um, yeah. So I I started the okay so I'll, I'll go back to the beginning beginning right so um I first started um, putting any information out of black about black history um, it's about three and a half years ago now and my son had just been my son was he'd literally I think he was two and a half maybe um, I did a podcast episode about it so I'm going to plug myself it's episode fifteen but basically it's like he woke up one morning with the new ios full update and um he he just he'd upgraded himself he he woke up with these new perception powers and he literally was um in bed with my wife and i and just went daddy i'm black <laughs> and and we looked at each other like oh shit. <laughs> sorry I don't oh know yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Curse all, there, yeah. Right? but we looked at each other like Oh shit! You don't censor our guests here because he's a yeah. smart kid. He's a smart. He's a kid, smart right? youth, bro. And it wasn't a. It's a, it's a smart youth. He's a smart. I'm not even gonna go there, right? But um, look at me. I can't even do my own accent. <laughs> but um, but we literally looked at each other because you know he he was a smart kid. Like he started talking early. 
he got into a lot of things very quickly. And he literally just said, like, I'm black. And we were like, ah, oh, damn, he's colour aware already. Already at two and a half. Like, at two and a half, young. like, already. And and it kind of, like, a lot of things for me as a parent just, just hit home. Like, shit, I need to start preparing him for this world. And I need to try and and it, it really sat heavy on my chest like my wife was cool about it she was chill she's the, she i'm the chill one she's the fire one but in this instance she was chill when i was fire and i was like i need to prepare him because this was when you know the cop killings in america was just right. rampant you know if you think back in orlando like black lives it was rampant it was massive um at that point and um, so I was like, right, I need to start preparing him for this world. And my first thought was, is how do you tell a two and a half year old about slavery? And then my next thought was, why have I even thought about slavery as being the entry point to his history? Mm. And that caused me to kind of look inwards and be introspective and start doing some unpicking of myself as to why, I, as to why that was my go to. And um, as part of that process, I was also, um, I'd also designed a social media qualification um, for a company. So I, I do training and I'd never um, done social media before. I didn't even have a Facebook account at the time. And so in order to design the qualification, I had to get social media. And so I thought to myself, right, wouldn't it be cool if I started doing my own investigations and my own research into black history because a lot of the stuff I was seeing about us was negative you know I'm seeing people getting beat up by the police killed by the police there are people talking about slavery they're showing atrocities this was all over social media when I turned everything back on like three and a half years three and a half four years ago right and um and I thought there's got to be a balance to this I need to do this in a way where I can educate but also be held accountable to the truth. Because on top of the things about the police brutality that was going on, there was also just lies. I'm just going to say flat out propaganda. When it comes to just, yeah, but not even, um, like, I want to turn around and say it was the enemy. You know, (laughs) the man was telling lies about us and da da da. But it was just us telling lies. Like, like literally trying to lay claim to everything. Like I, I can't even think of an example right now, but it would be crazy things like, so you think Steve Jobs created the iPhone? Well, let me tell you this. Steve Copied Jobs from had a, a man, man working for him Seamus. called Wilbur, <laughs> yeah, Wilbur, Wilberforce Seamus III. Now this man had a PhD from, and, and there was just lots of lies where just people are claiming things that they don't need to be claiming. And I, I thought to myself, like, right, I need to teach my son. I need to hold myself accountable to the truth. And I need to make sure I stay on this because I need to commit to this. I can't just dip in and then just dip out again. So I started posting on Instagram and, and that's kind of where everything started. Um, on if you go gram. to my original on the gram, if you go to my original Instagram page, you can actually see, if you scroll right to the bottom, you'll just see it's just a regular schmegular old Instagram of just me testing out this platform and just putting some pictures up of some houses that I was working on at the time. And I'm on holiday in Jamaica. 
And gradually, I, I don't like this word woke. I don't like any of those terms. I don't like woke. I, I, I don't think like I'm conscious. I, I, I don't like I, any I, of those things. I right? like the term uh, conscious. I'm really off of the term woke. Um, I, I, and I can see why you would be off of the term conscious. But I, I think, to me, conscious is so... Um, it's been around for so long that it, it's kind of like just a classic terminology. Yeah, I'll, I'll use the conventions because they're there and people understand right. what they mean. But I'll never classify myself as being any of those things because... No. Um, and, and I learned this from through my studies because words are important and they come with baggage. Right. And so the second you turn around and say, you're woke, well... Now you're everything that someone else perceives as being woke right. along with what you think is being woke. And now you've got a communication problem. So I try to avoid because those Because it's a terms, very open look, interpretation kind of term, right? Yeah. That's it. That's exactly it. Um, it's, it's really open to interpretation. I'd rather someone just called me an arsehole than called me conscious. <laughs> called conscious. Like, because that's going to conjure a set of things that I'm all right with. Yeah, cool. I'm all right with you calling me that. That's fine. But I don't know what your idea of conscience is. Your con- conscious is. I don't and know I what it is. That's the problem Does that with mean that term I... too. Because, well, I don't think it's problematic, but I think the issues could be people are on different levels of their own consciousness, right? There you go. And so on top of having different understandings of what that term actually means, and then Language is hard because everything is living, it's moving, it's breathing. So words that conscious, where I think it was probably had its most accurate meaning, probably in the, what, 1970s? Yeah, I would agree with that. And so now, (laughs) it it probably has been co-opted a whole bunch of times. It's been remixed and flipped (laughs) and given us to us again, you know? And packaged. It's been packaged. Um, and so I, I don't really subscribe to that. But the, the reason I say all of that is because you can literally scroll through my original IG and you can almost pinpoint to the day where I went, yeah, I'm on this black stuff. Like you can literally, you can pinpoint it. You can go and I've left it there deliberately as that's kind of like my own message to myself where I was just like, yeah, I'm mucking around, I'm mucking around, I'm mucking around, I'm mucking around, I'm black, That y'all. accountability. I'm black, <laughs> y'all. That's it. You just bust out it in a freestyle. literally freak kicked him. Just bust break out. dancing too? It literally. On the streets of London? <laughs> you, pretty much. And um, a funny thing happened when I did that, which is that all the people who actually knew me in real life unfollowed. Whoa. And that's when it got really real because... That's when I realized that that kind and are of are these your um, real people like like who these are the, friends. So are these like your black peers or white peers? Who is it? Yep. It's everyone. Yep. Right. Yep. These 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 are these these were black peers. These were white peers. But predominantly it was yeah. black peers and they all unfollowed. And at first I thought, oh, maybe they, they don't think it's me. But nah, that's that's my face. Like, it's literally me. Scroll down. Like, um, and that's when I realized, like, oh, this is actually a real thing. Like, there's a lot of self-hate out there. And I'm probably not going to get much support. So I really need to be ready to do this. And so I just kept doing it and posting. And the account got quite big. And um, then the Instagram police started banning everybody. And 
that was after about a year and a half um, and life got in the way and I kind of figured to myself, right, you know what, this Instagram situation um, with everything that you've been reading about empowerment and business and independence and, um, you know, being a self-actualized person, you can't be investing everything of substance that you have into someone else's platform. Right. And we had a conversation. I, and and about so that's that when conversation. Yeah, we did, yeah. right? And so that's when I realized like, right, I need to actually practice what I preach and start having my own things. Um and making sure that I have my own platforms and my own space. So I set my website up and I decided to move from posting on Instagram to uh doing the podcast. And the first few episodes of my podcast, I think they dropped around about July um, last year. They are not actually podcast episodes. They are IGTV um, videos that I made and edited that I just stripped the audio out of and threw them up on Anchor just so that I had done my first podcast episode and I'd kind of got over that hump. So that was my first four. And that's kind of that's why I started. Um, and that's kind of how I started the podcast and my website and all that kind of good stuff and, and got here. But in terms of really how I got into black history, I mean, it has to come from childhood. Like my parents are immigrants to the UK. They're, they're from the Caribbean. And, you know, my dad's a Rastafarian. So like he's, he's, he's I can't call him dread. He'll kill me if I call him dread, but he's Rasta. And um, so he had, what we were just talking about consciousness built in from day and he would and and those dreads and those those people from that era would be against that term because it's actually against everything that rasta is like the isms and the schisms mm -hmm. and so forth that's that's against what rasta is so they they wouldn't even like a term conscious because that's not what they are um and that's not what everything is conscious otherwise you're dead you're asleep no um so my mum was a rebel back in the day and I didn't realize as a kid I only found this out when I started studying into black history and I looked at the Black Panthers that I used to have to go to a Saturday school um, when I was a kid and I didn't realize that the Saturday school that I went to was actually a chapter of the British Black Panthers oh wow so yeah I, I didn't I didn't one I didn't know such a thing existed for me, it was just this crappy place I had to go to every Saturday. It was almost like an and ESL class songs. that we have here in the States. I don't know if you guys have that in the UK. I don't... I, no, I don't think it's we like do. It's like where you have um, to... And they don't really... Um, mm -hmm. You kind of... Well, they have it here in school, but there's... Like, sometimes for kids who are immigrants, their parent... Like, different groups uh, will rent out... Um, ESOL classes, yeah. uh, English, English, yeah, like English, makeup yeah. classes, right? Right. And not, not quite, because the Saturday schools were actually set up after a kind of, they were, they were a little bit of a government initiative, so it, which sounds weird, but there'd been race riots in the UK when I was a kid. And so as part of the, almost if you want to call it healing process, money became available for these kind of Pan-African Saturday schools to come into being um and so what it was is it was a pan-african saturday school we would um listen to quotes from marcus garvey 
we would sing um, songs from Bob Marley. We would get extra English lessons. We would get extra math lessons. We would get history lessons. And amongst those history lessons were black history lessons. Now, I was paying no attention because for me, it was like det- it was like detention. Like, why are you punishing me? I, I, have, I have extra school. What did I do to deserve extra school? You thought you were part okay of the breakfast club? <laughs> yeah. Like, why are you pun- I did. I paid no attention. And it's only when um, I started doing my posts and I looked into someone called Darkest Howe um, and I looked at the Black Panthers that I realized that not only was there a, a, a branch called the White Panthers, but also that there were the British Black Panthers, that Darkest Howe was part of that that people who I grew up with was a part of that and that I went to a Saturday school so I was like whoa mind blown and that's an exclusive I haven't even said any of oh, my awesome thanks man but, um, appreciate it so it was <laughs> so it was kind of um like so I had a few things that were kind of triggered in me and what I did with with my son was rather than go at it directly and sit there welcome to the trap life podcast we will dive into the immersive worlds of entrepreneurship empowerment and empathy with an emphasis of hip-hop culture all of these concepts will be dissected and connected via a historic lens prepare for an engaging transformation just a friendly reminder, if you experience value and insight from Trap Life, support the movement by liking, subscribing, and sharing the podcast. You are instrumental in our impact and influence on the world. Here at Trap Life, we wish you peace and vision on your journey. Trap Life equations, E to the third, H squared equals Trap Life. Entrepreneurship plus empowerment plus empathy, history plus hip hop. Hey, man. Hey, I don't know what happened, but that's okay. It's probably just the Wi-Fi, um, or it's the agents. It's one of the two. I like Wi-Fi or the agents. I like that. Um, great options. <laughs> great options. <laughs> the um, But as what was I saying? Right. So with my son, I think that's where we got cut off. So I was saying that. What I wanted to do was rather than force feed him a load of wokeness or consciousness or blackness, I just tried to make a culture in the house where studying and studying his history was important. Because for me, it was about placing value on it. And I knew that if he saw it was important to me, that at some point he'll gravitate back to it. Almost in the same way that my parents had had ensured that I had a foundation and I gravitated back to it. So I bought him a massive book. I mean, he was like two and a half. Like, I bought him a huge book, a black history book, and he was just getting into words. And it was too big for him to read. And I remember buying it for him, and I, I gave it to him. And, I, and he was like, what's this, Dad? And I said, this is a black history book. It's yours. And he went, it's mine. And he picked it up, and he pushed his little nose in it. And I could see he was trying to read the book, and he, he couldn't puzzle it out. And so, I, and so after a while, he, he finished with it and I put it down and I put it in the shelf. I put it somewhere you could see. And about six months later, um, maybe a bit longer, but roughly about that, six to eight months later, I woke up one morning, I went into the living room and there he was, sat down, reading the book 
and he told me about Nelson Mandela. Wow. Because of what he read in the book, and that was, and that's when like I I I gave myself <laughs> internally a little. You deserve that award, award, man. Because <laughs> because I, I I felt I felt I felt it, man. But I, I was so proud of him because I was like he saw it and he saw that it had value. He knew there was something in there for him, and he was determined to read it, and he did it. And I was like, that's it. If there's nothing else I teach you, it's that. Like, you know, if there's something for you, go and get it. And that incident plus a few others really kind of pushed me to try and be a practitioner of the things that I'm reading about to really place myself in the in the stories and the histories and and when I do my podcast I try and place myself in the story like I really try and tell the story I try and tell the story more than reciting a series of facts and figures I get that from you like um story people forget the facts People will forget the, the stats, but yeah. they will the just remember. Like, there it, yeah. was this dude. Like that's right. With, there was this. Who, who was that uh, fighter that's pilot? It. There was this dude that you just did. That I think that was one of the first episodes I, I saw of your podcast. Oh, uh, I can't remember now. Um, I've done. I've done. I've done a few. But Black the, Death Johnson. You may yep. be talking that about um, Black Death Johnson. Um, who, yeah, and he was just the, you know, he was just the, he was part of the 369th, like the first division to fight, first black division to fight in um, World War One, And, you know, he just found himself in a situation and, and in, in his own words, you know, even a jackrabbit would have fought like that, but he fought for his life. But then when you look at other scenarios and the, the stories that I try right. to pick out are stories where we win. <laughs> like there's lots of there's lots of black history that I can talk about and I often get people sug- I never forget I had somebody um message me from Vienna when this was when I was on Instagram and say oh why don't you wait hold up cover Kunta but Kinte Kunta Kinte is not really and... even a real person <sighs> wait what <sighs> oh, bro um uh, <laughs> But 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 you know what? They, 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 they weren't a black person. They were well-meaning. So I was like, right. You know what? This is a this is, this is a teaching moment. This is a teaching moment, right? So I did, so I didn't get mad. I didn't get mad. I didn't get upset. But I, I messaged them back and I said, um, okay. So I understand where you're coming from, and I want you to. I said I said I want you to think about it this way, right? I'm at work right now and just you writing those two names to me in a DM has invoked imagery of slavery in my mind. I'm now on my lunch break and I'm thinking about slavery, whips, chains, dogs, atrocities some of the things that I saw as a child. You've those two words have triggered all of that for me. And I have a responsibility with putting these messages out because the people receiving them don't have a choice. Right. By the time you see a post on Instagram, you've consumed the content. You can't unsee it. You can't unread the meme. And I said, so imagine the person who is broke. They may be a single parent. They've just been fired from their job. They can't pay their bills this morning. The kid is crying and they 
turn on their Instagram and they see a post from me about uh, 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 about slavery and mm. atrocity, and then they have to go and continue. That's it, bro. How, how did he respond to that? <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, okay, she. Well, she totally got it. Like, she, yeah, she she totally got it. She was like, I never looked at it like that. And I said, You're right. That's our control, our narrative. To tell our story because it's not. That's right. It's not just about slavery. It's not just Kunta Kinte and 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 roots and the struggle and the misery. Like we won some battles. Like we won a lot of battles. There are there, like when when you when you really look at it and you really break it down, we, we look at slavery and so forth and we look at it like it's a big L. Like it's a win. Like nations don't come out of bondage like that. Especially when they've been stripped of their language, their a lot of their culture and their history, you don't come out of that in any semblance of anything at the end of that process. And for us as um, Pan Africans, and I'm going to say that because mm-hmm. right, that's the South Americans, that's the West, that that's all of us, that's France all inclusive. and Europe. And hell, I was talking to someone in um, Romania the other. of that period of bondage, global bondage, with this unity that we have in just our blackness. That's all. And that's the reason why the oppression is still attempted at being maintained this day. Because it's a win. People don't, people don't come out of that a weak people. They come out a strong, resilient, fighting people. And those images of um, bondage are almost designed to reinforce the message to us that that's our place, as well as to the MAGA hat wearing Trumpites out there, that that's our place. So that's why I I, I don't put those messages out. And that's why I stay away from that, because I'm not trying to. And there's um, other speak something that I don't believe I don't preach. I don't preach bondage. I don't preach slavery. I've got there's nothing for me to right. say about that that some evil people did some bad things and they do right. that yeah and they do it really well so exactly. why am i going to push myself in that space when i don't need to that market's already been served when i'm and i'm trying to win absolutely i'm i'm with you on that to talk so, about winners because for me Every spec, yeah, it's it's a blueprint, and and that's what I try and put across. Um, so yeah. So, uh, quick question: How mm-hmm. do you feel about the Hidden Colors franchise? That's <sighs> series. Oh man, nobody's ever asked me. That. Okay. I feel that. It is, I feel that Hidden Colors is like, okay, I'm going to put it this way. I see myself, what I'm doing as the gateway to black history, right? So I'm trying to tell stories. Um, I'm trying to get people intrigued. 
bring them in to look a bit further. I'm not trying to do uh, a PhD or a deep dive. I'm not trying to be fake woke or a hotep. I'm just trying to tell you a dope story. And then if you want to do the right. research, you can do further. But I'm not at the point yet where I am prepared to do like a two hour deep dive podcast um, because I hold myself accountable to a certain standard of, of factual information and knowledge. Right. I want everything to be facts. Um, and if there's something that's a bit apocryphal, I'll say like legend has it. So I'm letting you know, this is a legend. Um, this part, it may be a bit iffy, but here are the facts, right? Um, with hidden colors, I feel like what Tariq Nasheed has done is on the plus side, he has, he's put a lot of information out there. Like he's, he's, he's single-handedly like woke a lot of people up. He's got a lot of people interested and digging and looking at facts and trying to find information. I haven't read the last one. Um, and I think that's a good thing. However, on the flip side, some of the stuff that I would say that I saw in maybe the first one and the second one, and maybe even a little bit. Yeah, I this think, is what are they up one. to now? Five? Is it four or five? It's the fifth one. Okay. I've seen I've seen one, two, three, and four. Right. And yeah. I watched the, the one on Haiti, right? Um I, I think that especially in the first two, they were a little bit sensationalist and it was a little bit it's a bit of fast food. Um but it was fast food in long mm, form, which okay. is confusing. So, you know, it was kind of like, so we're going to talk about Haiti, then we're going to talk about slavery, then we're going to talk about the Black Panthers, then we're going to talk about this, then we're going to talk about this. Oh, it and, was like having uh, like a Nubians buffet with and like and d- and all d- fast food for you. That's the yeah. way you were kind of consuming it. Yeah, yeah. I, that's kind of the way it got consumed. And um, I get why that would happen, because especially in the first one, it's the first film out. You don't know if you're going to get to do another one. You want to make sure that people enjoy themselves. And it's good. And it's entertaining. And it's factual. And I think that's great. What I don't think is necessarily... I think in that form of entertainment and video editing that you don't get is you don't get enough time to pause and think critically about the situation. So... When you, like, when I, I think I told you, I, I designed a social media qualification. So, like, I am, um, I'm heavily dyslexic. And so, um, but one of the benefits of being dyslexic is, is that it forces you to focus very intensely on certain topics. Like, anyone who's dyslexic will either be severely ADHD or they'll go the other way. And they, they are able to focus very intently on certain almost obsessively on certain subjects for until it's finished. Like you'll hear stories of doing whole dissertations the night before it's due to be handed in. That's a very kind of like dyslexic thing to do. So when I was studying into my um, social media to to learn the qualification, I learned, I learned as much as I could. So I went all the way back to like the Roman Senate. Um, You know, I learned that they, I learned that Steve Joe, I learned that, sorry, Mark Zuckerberg stole, like the whole idea for a, 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 a social media wall where you like, that comes from Rome. So they used to have the Senate and when they discussed the politics of the day, they would write graffiti on the wall and then right. people would walk past and they would make a like and they would make a, a dislike. And hence we have the thumbs up and the thumbs down, right? Um, and I also looked into Edward Bernays who did public relations and certain types of filmmaking. And 
when you use media in a certain way, particularly filmmaking, particularly at a certain pace and at a certain rhythm, what it does is it can force you into a alpha state of mind where you suspend belief. Yeah, you're kind of just carried along. It's why you will watch like Netflix takes advantage of this. Have you noticed how the Netflix series just form one into the other now? You kind of get the five, four, three, two, one countdown, and then you're just straight into the next show, and you can skip the opening credits. That's because we're now at a certain mental rhythm. Um, I don't even want to use the word frequency because <laughs> now I sound like you got your cookie right? hat on. But you're at a certain mental rhythm, and um, you, you know, and 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 you kind of just roll with it. That's why you'll binge watch Netflix. That's why you'll listen to music in the way you listen to it. Um, and if you get time, look into something okay. called um, brain entrainment. That's a phrase that you can look at. It's um, how certain frequencies uh, can uh, affect. The, the state of the mind but the type of editing that was done in the original hidden colors whether by design or by accident kind of forced that same kind of state where you just watch it passively and then you just skim through and so a little bit like eating a mcdonald's or like some cheap chinese food you eat it and then you're hungry again straight away that's how i felt watching the first probably two hidden colors movies yeah they evolved over time but it's particularly the first two I watched them and came at the end of it just feeling like I know I've watched some black stuff, but I don't know what any of that meant because it doesn't promote critical thinking. And I think more than anything else that today in 2019, critical thinking and analysis has gone from being like a desirable trait to an essential skill. And in the decades to come, we are really going to be, we need to be able to think critically. And I don't think Hidden Colors promotes critical thinking. Um, however, it does tell entertaining stories. So that's kind of what I think about. Like, that's, the, that's my full thought about Hidden Colors. Like, it's, it's entertainment. It's great. I think it's good gateway. Um, like, right. what I'm, like what I'm doing. It's just like a quicker, more hype version of what I'm doing. Um, but I, the critical thinking for me is the important part because without the critical thinking, you can, without critical thinking, it, it, like you burn down the house I, that you're I in. I agree. Um, so let me tell you kind of where I am with Hidden Colors. Okay. So I actually, mm. I enjoy, I did watch five. Currently five is my least favorite entry for some reason. Mm. And I was kind of sick and, you know, maybe not all into it like I should have been. When I watched it, so uh, I say that with a grain yeah. of salt. Uh, my favorite one so far has been four, and I think four and eighteen oh four are the best. Yeah, yeah, I think those are the two best uh, films um, within that kind of within with what uh, Tariq and Sheet has produced. Um, I. I, I think um, I I like the Hidden Colors uh, franchise. I think it's necessary. I think it's been very pivotal um, to just getting information out there. Definitely. And, and, and my thing is, Definitely. I, I think the problem with Hidden Colors isn't actually innately within the films itself. 
It's how people consume them. And it, and it mm. goes back to something that we talked about earlier with foundation. Your parents instilled a foundation in you. You know, using the term that we don't like conscious, right? Mm-hmm. Consciousness, right? Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and my, um, and, and I can actually say both of my parents did, um, more so my mom, but bo- both of my parents, right? Kind of instilled that in me. Um, I don't know if it's in my sister as much, but mm. yeah, at it, 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 it least in me. And, and I think it, even, I think she's coming back to the place where it's coming out in her now too. You know, she, she's going back to it where it's kind of always, yeah. I've kind of always been into this, like, you know, history and all that. Um, but yeah. I think one, the world changed and it, like you're talking about, it forced critical thinking skills where they weren't desirable you need critical thinking skills you're not just going to walk your way and guess your way through life anymore that's not an option that's that's been done really you should have always had them but now more than ever i would say and so my problem is that people watch hidden colors and then they go from really not being exposed to this information before that and then they take everything in hidden colors and think that they're now experts on it. And that's, because they don't have that foundation. Yep, that's and then they exactly go super it. crazy and they're what uh, we call here in the States hype beast. <laughs> you know, like they're so. Mm. And, mm. and they're the type that use the term woke all the time and, you know, hold people to different levels of accountabilities and. And yeah. then they, they just don't take the time to really do the research. And, you know, they mentioned books in Hidden Colors. Did you read those books? Did you follow up with the books? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yeah, that's it. That's 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 the issue. And, and you're, you're right. You're right in what you're saying. And the thing is, is like, you, you're so right. If you if you absorb the feeling without doing the work you you miss the point and like those people like the, the people in the hill have been doing the, the work colors, for 30 they really you know, did the work years. like they really have and i'm a i'm a very big believer that why is like in in my life like i've i've met some truly intelligent people like really super smart people and it's the super smart people who will tell you that they know nothing they're the first one. They don't come across with all the information. They tell you, I don't know anything. I don't know. They'll tell right. you, this is what because I've come they across. Know that it's, it's this just is what I know sands. so far in my, you know. Yeah. It's shifting sands. That's it. And history is just that. History is all opinion. Because it's based and on so what was recorded. Take someone else's opinion and someone else's take on history. Right. That's right. On gos- as gospel, as the only truth. Uh, you know, now, yes. Now, you know, I am an Egyptian god. I am a king. And he, well, who were the dudes doing the work then? Like, we can't no. all have been kings and queens. And we weren't. Come on, let's think about it. Like, somebody had to... Somebody cleaned Maybe up the camel Maybe not all of us were kings, like, but some of we, us were engineers, all of us. right? Some of us um, were architects. You know, you... I, But the, the culture was designed in a different way. And when you start looking at the culture... Um, and you look at it from like history. I, for me, anyway, one of the biggest things I've had is just to right. look at is to try and look at history as a whole, 
and to put things in perspective and think about why somebody did that and how somebody did that and what the purpose was of somebody doing such a thing like you know i've come across people who they, they've watched the, they've watched a few facebook posts and a few hidden colors movie and now they are the expert all on fake. all religion it's all fake it's all nonsense um and it's like okay it, okay that that's fine it may all be fake however i want you to think about this somebody wrote those words down at a time when you had to make paper so it wasn't as accessible as you making a facebook post you had now to make it, it. <laughs> if you wrote if you write something in stone it's because you don't ever want it to be changed somebody commissioned somebody to write that in stone somebody wrote a text when you with had to papyrus. make paper like for example um you know ancient with, with papyrus right and it was a ritual. You had to make it at a certain time of day in a certain way. The ink had to be a certain type of ink made from certain ingredients and materials. And if you made a mistake, you had to start the whole process again and purify and sanctify yourself. So if you don't believe in any of it and it's nonsense, and it may well be nonsense, believe that whoever wrote it down... Or what they really felt what they were perceiving as important, right? Or what they and and for me, I feel that's how you should look at history and that's how you should look at today. When the news comes on today, you need to look at it and say, why what? is this news in the world? On? Out of all, all the incidents, the news why, the world, this, why are these why, selected? Why this one? And why this one yes. after this one? Somebody went to college and studied for three years and did an internship for free and now gets paid thousands of pounds to sequence things in a specific order. It's not an accident. It's not a, a oops, we're just making it up. Like th there's a, there's some thought behind it. It may be false thought, but there's thought behind it. So, you know, all of these things we have to look at with a critical eye and understand what, what we're watching, why we're watching it. And it is cool. When you understand that it's all, it is what it is, you can start to enjoy things. Like, I, I enjoy so much trash TV and nonsense. Because it it's not affecting you on a mental level. Sick. Because, <laughs> like, how could you? Because I know it's not real. I'm not consuming the content. And it's also why I came off um, Instagram. Because I didn't want to consume the content. I haven't got a choice. Like, And it was, if you're, and for anybody who's, for anybody who's on Instagram, I would say be very careful about your feed because um, you are consuming the content. Like advertisement, adv advertisement really does work. And if you're listening to this now, go on your Instagram and look at your feed and really look at what's in your feed and decide if that is healthy for you because you haven't got a choice whether or not you want to consume it. You have, you are consuming it. Um, and it's like a, a lot of, you know, I, I think at one point my, my IG account was like, like 40k or something. Um, and, and after when you're at that point, it's like second consuming secondhand smoke. You know, so I, I, I made a decision that I'd, I'd rather come off it and use the platform remotely so I don't have to consume the content than consume all this secondhand smoke that I don't want to.
But it's super important. It's super important. How we look at the past should be reflected in what we do today. And what we do today it's is all a result of the past. It's, it's all one and the same. So that that's right. But yeah, mm. I'm glad you like Hidden Colours. It was it's entertaining. It's entertaining. Like I can because... watch it and just be thoroughly entertained. Yeah. And they put me onto a lot of things. Because the first as for one, the rest of it, uh, I think I knew ninety percent uh, of that information because of what we were discussing. Foundation, right? Okay. Um, yeah. And and most of them, um, I know some of it, but some, uh, I think three and four, I probably knew. I I, I don't think there's been one where I haven't know at least known sixty percent of the information that's being presented. But what I do yeah, like about it yeah. is that it's a lot of information that's I've been studying throughout my life, right? And it's in a digestible, uh, very um, compact. That's not the exact word I want to use, but it, it's all there for me. It's it's more accessible. It's than easy access. Where I have to go back and think yeah. of well, what exactly was that book called? What chapter was that in? You know what I mean? But you know what? That's no, no. Oh, learning. The, the learning is definitely in the books. Don't get me wrong. That, that but that no, no, not even the books. Not even the books. Like mm. the pause, right? Like, um. So I've I somehow uh, lucked my way into teaching, and like one of the things that like really good teachers do, and it's something I'm trying to emulate, is when you've got a really good teacher, they will make something in your education awkward because you want to have something that you should wrestle with if you're really going to learn something you you should need to wrestle with it wrestle with a question wrestle with a fact have to stop and go back and check into something and that's when the real brain engages and the learning starts to take place when you actually do have to kind of go what was that book again what what page number was that what paragraph was that did he actually say that like yeah and you you know when you hit that pause button and then you start googling stuff hey that's when someone's done their yes. job well that's when someone's really done their job well when it takes you four hours to watch a one hour video that's when someone's done their job well like you, you're like, no, nah, I need to check this. They sound so incredible. You're like, no, I need to look. That's when someone's done their job. Work. So you want an element of that, and I, I think probably that's the part in me that's a little bit like, nah, where you don't, we need tomorrow. yeah. But in the Haiti one, where that you was don't, there. the Haiti one was big. Where you don't actually have that opportunity because the the information's coming at you rapidly. They're they're going to talk about three topics within three minutes, right? You know, that's the editing, that's so, entrainment, that that pacing, when fast you know, you pace, know. right? Just <laughs> rapid fire, boom, 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 and um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So I, I think we've more or less covered it. I th- 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 those are my thoughts on it. I I definitely yeah. like you say. I think it's a great gateway, but it it is definitely the yeah. one on one on one class, right? That's the course. It's not, yeah. don't bank on a PhD from just watching Hidden Colors. That, if you don't get anything <laughs> else out of this conversation, please understand that. 
Yeah, a meme is not going to get you a PhD. It's not. I'm. I'm sorry. You don't get. Yeah, you don't get your masters with memes. Okay, so. (laughs) But it's good. It's it's good. Yeah. And and I I think that's the problem. People don't know how to, um. How to how things should be orchestrated or where they have the most value. You have to optimize things where they start going. Yeah, if you if you make one thing that shouldn't be the end all to be all, and I think that's what most people do. And I, mm. I've even seen it where I've had conversations with people who, when I initially my my stance on hidden colors hasn't changed at all. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when I said that, like, oh, I think you know certain people if they don't have the foundation, it's information overload. And I said I don't think hidden colors is the end all to be all. I think it's a great starting point, but you need to support that with by actually reading the books and getting more information from other sources, you know, just, yeah. you know, the regular process of absorbing information of research. Right. But, but that's the hard part. That's the hard because, part. And that's the um, part people don't want to do hard work. putting in the work. No. And, and not only that, it's, it's, um, it's actually physically difficult. Like the books are expensive. Oh um, yeah. Finding True. the books is, is a challenge. Um, the accessing the information is actually tough and we need more people like you and podcasters and people on social media who are telling our stories and getting our voices out there because every other culture has that they have control of their own media and they tell their own stories so that you don't get like there there isn't really like okay so I can't think of an Indian. There's no Indian equivalent of gods of Egypt Mm. where you've got like a Scandinavian and a Scotsman (laughs) playing two African gods. Let's just call it what it is. (laughs) That's real. Yeah. um, I'm I'm, I'm trying to think of someone because I'm a huge movie buff, but let's think about this because they have Bollywood. Gods of Egypt. Gods of Egypt with only one black character right one in the whole movie and it's gods of and it's called gods of egypt it's in africa right that doesn't happen to and, and no it definitely equivalent. wasn't there's it was no... it was black back then when the during the time uh, like if you're, let, let's 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 current let's, egypt let's, let's is not, not even let's not even historic go egypt let's be real right let, <laughs> of course not egypt egypt's been invaded at, at seven Different times, times. <laughs> um it has it's been invaded um like if we talk about kemet and nubia like it's been conquered and then conquered and then conquered and then conquered and conquered so the people who were there are not originally who's there but let's forget about that let's just talk about the fact that it's in africa let's just make it simple for people i don't have to go there with the color Let's just make let's just make it plain and simple. You cannot have a Scotsman and a Scandinavian playing Africans. <laughs> I don't care if they're I don't care if they're light skinned Africans. I don't care if they're dark skinned Africans. They're Africans. In we don't care if Africa, they're somewhere in the middle. No Africans in that's the movie. That's not gonna work. <laughs> and that's why that bomb. It's I'm not so happy work. that movie bomb. Of course, but they've been telling that story again and again. again, and again they won't again. let that go. They told it in Kings. They told it in um. What was the science? Uh, Star. What do I want to call it? Star. Not Starship Troopers. 
um, Stargate. That oh TV yes, series. They yes. told the same story. They, the TV they, series they and the movie. The same story, and they'll. Yeah, that's right. They'll take the same story and they'll tell it in Indiana Jones. They'll take the same story and they'll tell it in Star Trek. They'll take the same story and they'll tell it in Star Wars. They'll take the same story and they'll tell our story again and again and again and again and again. Like Gods of Egypt is just the blatant version it's, of it. Yes, yeah, the most egregious. It's just the blatant version of it. Go back and, and we look at we look at movies and we look at the blockbusters and so forth. Then we then we really start to see they've like, been oh, doing they, this they historically. Really, they've been doing this, and the thing is, is we don't do this. This is what infuriates me. Like thieves are thieves, thieves still right, <laughs> right, thieves still. But if if I rob you, and I if I rob you, if I steal something out of your pocket. And then I take what I stole out of your pocket and turn it into an empire, <laughs> right? At some point, are you not going to go, maybe I should do what the thief did? Yeah. Like, I need to, maybe I should tell these stories. Like, we, we don't, I, I don't think that we're, control we're not encouraged enough. Um, and, yeah, to control our narrative. But what I am liking to see now is the fact that that is starting to happen more. Like... I, I love the fact that a thing like Black Twitter exists. I love that there's a Black Twitter and it exists. And that it's all kind of messed up. But at the same time, it can like make Pepsi throw away a £150 million advertising campaign and shut down companies and get CEOs fired because we have a thing called Black Twitter. I love the fact that that exists. Um, because that's us controlling our story and exercising some power. Um, but I, I and I and I love all of the new independent um, comics that are coming out, and I love all these guys doing comedy on Instagram. I love all that stuff because it's our stories, and we need to be in control of it, and we need to tell all of it because we've we've had people feed us our own stories and our own narrative for too long, and we don't need to do that anymore. All the gatekeepers are dead. Do you think the internet killed the gatekeeping? Definitely, but they're coming back. Um, they're coming back. Uh, they are. They are coming back because that's just how power works. Um, the gatekeepers will come back, but at this precise moment, they're dead. At this precise moment, um, let me put it this way: at this precise moment, you can have an idea, start a podcast. Your podcast can suck, and you can start another podcast in the same week. Mm-hmm. Right, you can have an idea to go to start a YouTube channel. Your YouTube channel can suck, um, but it can still become immensely famous because it just resonates with a, a, a weird set of of people. Like that can all happen to one person in in one year, in one short space of time. It, that's not been able to happen for a long time, but that that won't necessarily be allowed to continue because you can't make money off that. It's like, too these cyclical. Big companies. Right won't it's too it's there's no um what's the term how can i put this like business is all about the middleman the middleman is where the money is yeah um you know there's the person who grows the coffee bean and then there's the person who buys the coffee but the fortune is made in the middle of all of that process starbucks took a coffee bean corrupted it and then sold it to the end consumer, and that's where the money is. And the music industry is all kinds of messed up at the moment because it's very hard to make money. Um, 
entertainment, uh, like for example, YouTube is now competing with Netflix and Disney for attention. Um, you, your podcast is competing with Disney for attention. That never happened before. Disney has to compete with you to get people's attention. There are going to be people out there who are going to be like, nah, I'm not watching Netflix. I want to listen to Trap Life. Like, that, that's, that's never existed before. We've never had, the common man has never had the ability to reach so many people. And you kind of have to think about what comes with all of that. All of the shutdown of Alex Jones and um, Louis Farrakhan and so forth, it was kind of like the first shots fired in regards to all of that, we can't just have anybody come along and spread their message to everyone. You better take note. We're watching and we will lock you down. Um, and there is a quiet suppression of certain segments oh, of, of the internet. Like echo chambering is a real thing. Um, shadow banning is a real thing. Um, people being like, people having their YouTube channels locked off is a real thing. That, that really is happening. But I understand why it's happening. Uh, in front of it and moving forward so the gatekeepers are gone for the minute they're behind and they're always going to be behind and it's just for us to do what we have to do and, and stay in front of it so the people listening to the show right now a radical thing you can do is just share it just share it with your friends take the podcast and share it with your friends don't let this podcast be your best kept secret or that thing that was around one time and then I forgot about it and now it doesn't exist anymore. Share the show, put it out, spread it with your friends because the more you share it, the more attention it's going to get, the better it's going to get, the more opportunity grows, the more of your show you're going to get and so on and so on and so on. It's exponential. And I think that's what we miss. Like collectively, we can really get together and make things great like we're in that opportunity right now i i want everybody to be a content creator and everybody to get out there because there's there's enough for everybody to eat well and then we become gatekeepers it's like we're not in competition we're not into competition we're into collaboration you know that's right that's right so i I really want people to share your show like i'll be promoting your show um, and putting it out to my audience because if you come up, that's just another, that's just another voice that's telling another story, that's moving in a positive direction. That's, that's, that's how we win. All up. That's how we win. In all of the, that's how we win. We we stick together. We take chances as a unit. When we fall, we lift each other back up again, and we keep moving forward. And that's how we win. And that's what that's where the division has always been trying to segment up the alleged quote-unquote minorities into ever smaller and smaller brackets. Conscious versus woke, <laughs> woke versus hype beast, hype beast versus trap, trap versus dad rap, dad rap versus everyone. Like, that's, <laughs> come on, man. Knock it off. <laughs> Knock it off, man. Who's got, we ain't got time for that. Let's get this, let's get this thing rolling. I'm with you. I'm with you on that 110%. No. All right. So I'm that would have been actually a great place for us to segue an outro out. But I have more questions for you. So I'm going to ask them. Okay, Go for it. Go cool. for it. I've got time. All I've right. got time. Ask. So um, historical figures, I'm just going to throw some names out there to you and 
if you can tell us a little bit about them, okay? Uh, you'd rather not? I'd rather not do that. Okay. I'd, I'd rather not do that. If you don't mind. What do you want? Um, the reason is is because, like the I quality said, very of particular you share. about yes, what Yes, yes, yes. You I do have a standard. Yeah. But I, and, I'm going to give you some names that I think you know and about. And I do. Though. Go on, then. Go on, go on. Then. Go the, on. Uh, like, Marcus Garvey. Mm-hmm. Great. Man. So you, you know a good a deal of information about him, right? Yeah, I mean, what I would say is, like, anybody, if anybody is um, into business, if anybody wants to feel empowered, like, read Marcus Garvey. Um, again, like any figure from history, he wasn't a perfect man. Great he was man, very though, far from a perfect man. However, he was, he, he, he was a visionary man, I would say. And even if you don't necessarily agree with the vision, um, the fact that he had a vision and acted on his vision, and he, he's a guy who got things done. I mean, he had a newspaper with a circulation at one point, where I think exceeded half a million, half a million readers at one point. It may be a million. He had a shipping company. Um, he founded the UNIA. He, you know, the red, black, and green that we see in the Ghanaian flag comes from Marcus Garvey. Like, he was a great orator and a speaker, and he was big in. Um, he he made sure that women were involved in the movement too. That's something that people don't really talk about. Like both his wives. I mean, at the same time, he he was like, yo, he, he was a dude, man. Like both, like so. His first wife, eight. Okay, so this is something that a lot of people may not know about Marcus Garvey. So he rolled deep with his wife. Yeah. So he married, he got married twice to Amy Garvey and then had an affair with his second wife. who became Amy Garvey. Yes. Both named Amy. Yes. Yes. They were both called Amy and they both worked for him. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, but, his first wife, I think it was his first wife. It maybe gets confusing, wife, right? Um, because it's they're both called Amy, it gets a bit confusing. So you can, you can see what kind of guy he was, right? You can see what kind of guy he was. He muddied the waters, right? But like, there was an assassination attempt made on him, and when the gunman came for him, she jumped in front of him and went to take the bullet. That does not get enough credit his wife jumped in front of him ready to take the bullet that's a wife that's a queen that's your ride or die that is a right? ride or die she jumped in front to and and to think that that's the type of like loyalty that he inspired that his words inspired and a lot of that came from her like she was educated, she was in the movement, she was a great writer and a great orator and a good organizer, and I would imagine she was a good businesswoman too. Um, you know, she she was the first the first Amy Garvey and the second Amy Garvey were both the power, the unseen power behind Marcus Garvey. So he's up front and he's who we look at, the male figure, but the female figures were right next to him. I'm not gonna say behind him. They were right, right. next to side him. by I mean, side. You gotta be next to somebody to take a you gotta be next to someone to take a right. bullet, right? Not behind. You being you behind, be behind and shot. jump in front. That's right. 
they were right next to him and if not in front of him ready to take the knocks um and it's little things like that that like I didn't realize until afterwards it's Amy Garvey who made sure that his memoirs the only reason the reason why we have his words today is because of his second nature his memoirs got out there and I think those are powerful things to look at and what he did is powerful to have it's one thing to say like okay so let's take a Umar Johnson right um he's a smart guy he's got a lot of good things to say things that he says that I completely disagree with but there's a lot of things he says that like I'm for you know I've been in education um uh I you know I've got a learning difference I know what happens to kids in the system if they get the same way yeah I know what happens in the school system um so there's a lot of things that I agree with there's a lot of things I don't agree with however as far as I can see he never really got done all the things he said he was going to get done. Marcus Garvey got them done. And that's why we rate Garvey. And that's why Umar yes. Johnson looks up to Garvey as well. Because Garvey got things done. He had a movement. He had a people. He had a flag. He had a symbol. He had a plan. He had an agenda. What are we doing? We're uplifting black people and we are going back to Africa where we can be kings and queens. I'm the king of Africa. What? Somebody tell me something. Said anything. This. Like he he got things done, and I'm really big when it comes to historical figures. I'm really big on doers. They did it. They dreamed super big, and then they just got it done. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how the story ended. You can't take away the fact that he created a, a newspaper with a circulation of over half a million. He he had a vision to go back to Africa. Think about it this way: lots of people say oh, we should go back to Africa. We should. You know, we should build our land there. How are you going to do it? Well, he had the people to do it. He had the boats to do it. You can't go back to you can't go back to another country about transportation. So he had money, he had transportation, and he had a way to control his narrative, which was the newspaper. Uh. That's really doing it. All while being attacked from every end, every angle, every angle. And on, and what you have to love about Garvey is he yes. was Jamaican. He was Jamaican. He's an immigrant. He left Jamaica and went to America and batted it up. But he was trying to get everything that he started in America going on when he was in Jamaica, and it just didn't take. Correct. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's a he's a true Pan African, and look at what he did. He he went okay. These people aren't following me. I'm going where they are. He did what he had to do. I think that's a model. When you look at what he did, I think that's a model for all of us. Absolutely. I need to go where the people are. I need to just make it happen. I've got these people. They're going to follow me. Let's make this happen. Let's go do this thing. Marcus Garvey, I love him. I love him. I love what he did. Who else have you got? Go on. Hit me. You know, I... (laughs) <laughs> or did I kill your list? <laughs> Marcus Garvey. No, but um I I I know um what's his name? Danny Glover is supposed to do a movie with him, right? Um, I don't know. I know I keep hearing Danny Glover's name. A Haitian movie. He was supposed yeah. to do a movie on Haiti. Yeah. Um I keep hearing him. 
I think he might just be oh, the you know what? name that people not, like to throw out about no, black movies. Yeah, that not Danny Glover. Um, it's supposed to be... Uh, I'm drawing a blank on my guy's name right now. Uh, I can't even think of a movie that he's been in. Forrest Whitaker is supposed to do okay. some, uh, some film, I think, where he's either producing or directing it. I'm not sure if he's, he was supposed to star in it. Um, do you know what? I'm going to say something different. I'm just making this right. Okay. But I feel like I feel sometimes that a movie sometimes put a cap or puts a, puts a full stop on, on something when it should be put in a comedy. Like, I kind of feel like um, I'm old enough to remember what it was like when the Malcolm X movie came out with Denzel Washington. Yes. Right? And I kind of feel like at the time the movie was made, there was a lot of talk and a lot of hype and there was a lot of things building. There were a lot of things in the atmosphere. Like, the, 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 the Nation of Islam was on the move again. Things were coming up. Film came that maybe those type of movements almost lost a little bit of steam. Right? In the 90s. I might be yeah. wrong. I'm, I'm just freeballing. They, they had changed like, significantly. Yeah. yeah. We've, we've, that film capped a lot of things. Like, a lot of a lot of films and a lot of TV shows vanished after that film. If I'm right, I need to go back and check it. But I think I, I think I may be onto something there. No, I, I think that's I feel, historically accurate. Right. So that's tracking like, what you're saying. Yeah. With, with a Marcus Garvey film, right? I almost feel like I did be a film. I feel like in 2019, if we're going to talk about Marcus Garvey, it needs to be something like a Netflix series. Different, like I, I, not even a Netflix series. I almost feel like I wish that the internet would just get flooded with a series of Marcus Garvey memes, right? I, which would then inspire a ton of podcasts and YouTube videos, which would then. Move like a whole movement of just people doing different team, projects. A whole yeah. movement. Yeah, yeah, like a whole groundswell. Like, I, I do, do you get what I mean? Like, the movie kind of is like the it, it's the full stop, it's just the top, it's the grand production and the actors, and it's a thing about it. And people are gonna cry, and are they gonna be right. Oscars and this, that, right? But I feel like if it just started on the ground, just memes, like, just like this uncontrollable little wildfire that just got out there, like, what's everywhere. People are podding about it. People are doing YouTube videos about it. The IGTV's stuff's coming out about it. And it starts from the bottom and then it feeds up to the media. Because by the time you see the movie, then, like, that's the, that's the era that we're in now. We're in the era of by late. the time you see it, it's too late. Like, by the time people realized by the time the government realized what truthers were out there people it was too were late whiling about sandy hook it was too late right it was done I, I feel like we need to with someone like garvey that needs to come that needs to be people power rather than hollywood production power you know like the people need to own that story first so then when the film comes out then they can give it their thumbs up or thumbs down go nah you look blue yeah. but we don't care anyway we've already got we're already controlling like our narrative on this hours thing. of podcasts yeah. that's right we already we got this you can relax with your film we got this already um but that's just 
like like I say, that's my mindset. Like, I just have a subversive oh, mindset. Like I, I, I don't I'm with like you on that. I actually think um, that's a better productions and things. That's more like original Rick. and creative than um what I was talking about. So yes, bloody brilliant, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Can you imagine that though? <laughs> that was bloody dreadful. <laughs> oh, right, on that note, on that note. To do. right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that to put a cap on it. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna have an idea wilder than that today. Good stuff, um, man. Good stuff. Well, wilder than a, a, a viral Marcus like Garvey that. campaign. You, you gave us like three exclusives, you know. Today, so definitely appreciate it. Um, definitely want to discuss with you, of course, off podcast, uh, different ways that we can continue to collaborate and support mm-hmm. one another. And then, um, yeah, definitely, definitely want to have you back definitely. eventually. You know, probably for uh, season two. So, no worries. Uh, good luck, man. Well, thank you for having yeah. me. It's been a pleasure. Give um, us your I, I look off forward air. to talking Give to us your info one more air. time before we get out of here. Oh. Okay. So my name is King Caruso. That's the Black History Buff. You can if you Google Black History Buff, you will find me there. So just make sure so it's black history and you have to add the buff. Um and, and you will find me there. I'm on I have a podcast. I'm on all your social media. But if you really want to reach out to me and talk to me. And I always message back. You'll find me on Twitter. I'm, I'm living on Twitter at the moment. That's that's where I'm at. Great. Well, thank you for blessing the podcast and to our Trap Life and Trap oh, Stars. Thank you, and to you, yourself. We wish you peace, prosperity, and purpose on your journey. Ah, oh, thank you. Take I'll care. Speak to you Cheers. soon. Take care.